Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to a Cinematic Universe mini-sode. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me to bridge the gap between our... Oh, Venom and Captain America the Winter Soldier episodes is... Just James Hunt. It's just you, James. Just, well, I mean, I'm here as well. Just just me. (laughs) Only me. Only me. I mean... I was going to do an extended We Are Venom gag, but, you know. (laughs) At this point, when that movie's made that much money, it's, it's past being funny for you, hasn't it, James? Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised to see it doing so well. And I'm more I'm more surprised that they will probably greenlight a sequel off this and then look confused when it doesn't make shitloads of money. All I'm saying is if you announce Tom Hardy's Venom, written and directed by Tom Hardy. <laughs> written and, and <laughs> improvised and directed by Tom yes. Hardy. Yes. <laughs> then it will make all of the money and um, eventually they'll just stop making Spider-Man movies and just make Venom movies instead. Um, so... James, we've got uh, we've got a, a lot of news to get through. It's been a while since our last, well, since we got to do any news because the last main episode was was all Venom, which was fantastic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've got quite a lot of news to get through. Um, so much uh, of it is right in my specialist area of interest as well, being mostly <laughs> about the DC universe. <laughs> hey, there's a there's a bit of a mix, but we are going to start with DC, um, and it concerns the Flash. Um, the Flash has been pushed back. It is now going to be filming probably late 2019. That is apparently to accommodate Ezra Miller shooting Fantastic Beasts 3, uh, which is obviously another Warner Brothers movie. And the reality <laughs> and of it film is... And a film that is, that is probably further along in development than The Flash. Well, and also within Warner Brothers, I imagine at this point, in fact, probably <laughs> more, not, more not just at this point... Yeah, well, at any point since the Dark Knight trilogy, um, Harry Potter's just a much bigger deal financially than a kind of probably, what, fourth, tier DC character. Yeah, no matter how many uh, abusive people you put in the movie. <laughs> so, um... That means that, yeah, it will film back end of 2019 at the earliest, which probably means either a late 2020 or 2021 release. Um, This was all reported by Variety, and the Variety report kind of put very plainly something that we'd uh, been (laughs) expecting to see, 
um, which is that DC and Warner Brothers are currently planning or currently have no plans for any Batman or Superman movies that involve Henry Cavill or Ben Affleck. Um, Now, James, I don't know whether you, I don't think you were on the podcast when Seb and I discussed the whole Henry Cavill situation. We came down on, it was, it was, it sounded very likely that it was negotiations being played out in public. Yeah, definitely. And I imagine until those negotiations are settled definitively, why would Warner plan for movies with Henry Cavill? Quite. The Ben Affleck side of things is more interesting, not least because there is a Batman movie in active development with Matt Reeves attached, and it there's never been any hint that that movie isn't going to happen. Now, obviously, Ben Affleck has... Um, checked into rehab recently so he's he's kind of got struggles in his personal life um but even before that i mean was it at the was it comic-con before justice league was released and everyone seemed super psyched about this movie and that like all these young kids being like yeah can't wait you know i get to be cyborg it's to be the flash gal gadot loves being wonder woman and (laughs) and affleck was like and i was batman at one time yeah, and I'm really not into this. And even my mate Henry doesn't have to show up for this because he's not in this movie. Yep, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it, it it does sound like Matt Reeves, uh, Matt Reeves Batman won't star Ben Affleck and that that's probably Affleck. And I'm not willing to write off Cavill yet, but probably the two of them done with DC movies. Because, you know, if you recast... Batman and cast younger. The, um, one of the rumours I saw floating around online, which I don't know if there's any reason to pay any um, credence to, but was um, Jack O'Connell, who I actually thought, oh, God, yeah, you'd get me interested if that was the next Batman. <laughs> Do you want to help out someone who has no clue about actors and actresses? <laughs> Jack O'Connell was in Skins. He was in like the second generation of Skins. He is uh, from Derby in the Midlands. And... Um, uh, was in films um, like 71, Starred Up, and he got uh, cast in the lead in um, Angelina Jolie's not great movie, Unbroken, but he's really good in it. Um, and yeah, he's he's kind of a real gritty actor. A um, lot of raw aggression in his performances. Um, and yeah, Just like you associate with Superman. Uh, no, sorry, this is for Batman. Oh, okay, yeah. so that is cool (laughs) and um and he's younger than me james so it would definitely be a a young take on batman okay um i mean you're getting on a bit (laughs) heady 29 jack (laughs) o'connell just 28 um but yeah so whether to pay any attention to that or not um but at the moment you cut you cut you look at the dc universe and aside from wonder woman they're kind of bank bankable hit you imagine Wonder Woman 2 is going to do similar numbers to the first movie, mm-hmm. given that lots of people saw the first movie and it was good. Aside from that, everything's a bit of a... It's a bit of a swing for DC at the moment. There's not there's no other hard-established characters on the docket no. other than other than my man who got, you know, short, <laughs> short shrift in Justice League and Barry Allen keeps getting pushed further back. So you've got films like Shazam and Birds of Prey. Um and, it's a bit um, like a kind of an, a sort of evil Flash supervillain plot that he's racing towards a deadline that keeps getting further away. <laughs> yes, it is ironic that it's this very movie Silver Age is taking longer and longer to get to theatres. <laughs> um, 
James, a DC movie... Wait, look at this for a segue. A DC <laughs> movie that is getting closer to cinemas, though. Um, and we talked about this when we were talking about Birds of Prey, kind of that it had all gone a little bit silent on this movie, is Suicide Squad 2. Um, yes. And things couldn't have... Kind, like, I don't think you could have made a like a bigger splash with an announcement around Suicide Squad 2 than the, than the one that was made um, when it was reported that James Gunn was writing a script for Suicide Squad 2 and that he was potentially being eyed to direct as well. Yeah, I mean, up-and-coming writer James Gunn. <laughs> and um, Whatever Dave, happened to him, right? Dave Bautista um, helpfully straight away tweeted, yeah, I'd be up for that, cast me in it. I mean, what just off the back of that, how likely do we think it is that Drax is going to die in Infinity War 2? Because I think we can pretty much pencil that one in by this point. Mm. Or he has it. made it extremely clear that he doesn't want to be in Guardians without James Gunn. So, And also yeah. it sort of makes sense, right? Because, you know, his thing is he wanted to kill Thanos. Soon as they do that, his story's over. Yeah. Knock him off. Yeah. Oh, 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 but, you know, d- d- if, the, if the Guardians are kind of split at the end of that movie anyway... Do they need to go follow up on all of them? If they, you know, if you give Drax like a quasi ending at the end of that movie, yeah, you, you know, you don't have to kill everyone off to to remove them from that movie. No, that's true. But then, you know, people are expecting deaths, right? Mm-hmm. And if if you've got a guy who's publicly bad mouthing you, you don't want to promise him work in the future. And do you know what? When I saw this, that Dave Bautista was interested in appearing in this movie, I thought, do you know what? I'm I would not be surprised to see that happen because. If Warner are happy to go ahead and attach James Gunn to this pro to this project, initially as just a writer, but you would imagine if they progress with his script, why wouldn't they involve him as a director as well? Mm-hmm. Um, they they they've pretty much taken the guy whose film they tried to emulate with Suicide Squad. <laughs> what the Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, Suicide Squad was their attempt at Guardians of the Galaxy, just with an R rating. Yeah. I mean, for Warner, certainly, the the smartest thing they could be doing with their universe at the moment is poaching anyone who came into contact with the MCU and getting them to do the same thing for them. Like, you know, it just makes sense that if they become available... You know, it's it's notable that Joss Whedon got dragged onto uh, the DC films. Obviously, mm. it didn't work out, but... You know, it certainly you, couldn't couldn't have been an accident that two Marvel people have turned up at DC. If you can't beat them, join them. Quite. And if you can't join them, copy them as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because D, I mean, D, DC's entire strategy was, we want to do what Marvel did, but kind of skip all of the hard building work. Um, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or reverse engineer it and do it backwards. And I think probably their best idea moving forwards would be, yeah, start again and build around what you've got. Yeah, and build try and pretend slowly. Try and pretend that this stuff didn't happen. Actually, that does, like, you may have been about to mention this, but I did see someone talking, someone, I did see reports that the Suicide Squad movie he's making isn't actually a direct sequel. It's going to be sort of a reimagining slash reboot that may not fully reference the previous one. Well, so I was thinking this about Suicide Squad because... I mean, I, I haven't seen any of those reports, but what I was thinking was, well, if if you're Warners and you're working on a sequel to that movie, you know that people turned up for the concept. 
You know, there are characters in that movie that people responded strongly to, but equally, <laughs> what what is there desperately to follow up on at the end of that movie? I I think if you have that movie and it has Harley Quinn and it has Deadshot and it has a group of baddies, I don't think any of the others would have had to have appeared before. I think you can pretty much start from scratch. No, quite. Although, see, this is something I was wondering is it seems at least a possibility to me that the reason they're pitching it as like, oh yeah, it's going to be, you know, disconnected slash reimagined from the first one is because they're thinking like, well, we've got Margot Robbie and people like her, so let's put her in her own film. And let's keep Will Smith in this one. And let's keep Will Smith in Suicide Squad. And, and then we've got two franchises. Yeah. Yeah. Because people people will go and see a Harley Quinn film by itself, no question. Hmm. Deadshot is not that kind of person, but put Will Smith in any film and he's going to bring an audience. So yeah. basically, Deadshot plus whatever James Gunn wants, I think is going to be the next Suicide Squad movie. And I, I mean... On the James Gunn side of things, I think you've just got to say, yeah, fair play to him. Why not take this? Because, like, he's been arbitrarily punished by Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, not for... the only person to to feel that end of the stick this week either, which, mm. you know, I don't know how closely you're following comics news, but the guy who writes Star Wars, Chuck Wendig, was uh, yeah. fired for responding to right-wing trolls, admittedly not entirely gracefully, you know, calling them cunts or whatever. But, but he's not, been doing un- not undeserved for some time, hasn't he? Yeah, and that I not think the thing? they finally, Marvel finally got, you know, the cowardice got the better of them. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that the people making the decision to fire Chuck Wendig aren't the same people making the decision to fire James Gunn, but it kind of does speak of a <laughs> it speaks to the corporate culture of marvel yes. slash disney certainly. yeah and uh, you know i i like again we can go back to i don't think anyone's condoning the jokes that james gunn made but un- unless there is ever any evidence that surfaces that what that he has done anything that goes beyond making bad off-color jokes it seems insane that he has been fired for that, especially given all of those jokes happened and were publicly known prior to him being yeah. fired for the first I mean, Guardians we, of the Galaxy. We cannot state that often enough. Like, these jokes were out there. It's not something he did while he was in their employ. Mm. It's something that they dug up on him yeah. to deliberately smear him that had been in the public eye prior to his hiring. So it just makes Disney look incompetent. And I, I so I, for, for all of that reason, I don't begrudge James Gunn making this decision. I'm less interested in James Gunn's Suicide Squad than I would be in James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy three. Mm, I because after after Guardians two, <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent. Well, sure I mean that's, that's true. That's what I was going to reference. I obviously of the three of us on this podcast, you and I are less positive on Guardians of the Galaxy two. But even uh, like rewatching Guardians of the Galaxy two earlier this year. I don't think it all comes together. I think there are strands of that movie that aren't great. But I think James Gunn, the the themes that he's interested in, um, some of the ideas that he has, and, and just the execution of some of the humour, it's still a base level good movie that doesn't ultimately come together. For, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, and like with James Gunn, 
on Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I, you know, I would still have confidence that he can deliver a good movie um, and mm-hmm. one that kind of, yeah, pulls together its disparate plots a, a little bit more eloquently than Guardians of the Galaxy 2 did. Um, Suicide Squad, I'm less interested. Um, but it'll be interesting to see kind of what approach he takes. Is he going to be someone who is feels a little bit humbled by what has happened to him and does he like dial back on some of I know I know he wasn't really pushing the same buttons that he was pushing earlier in his career but he's still you know like the most probably out there of all of the kind of people who Marvel have hired yeah I mean and Suicide Squad he did work for Tromo which no one else yeah when I was in the MCU did so and Suicide Squad is of all of the films he could move on to the one that would give him the opportunity to do that kind of stuff again that that sort of that is one of my concerns is that he's going to look at Suicide Squad and go like or you know the one going going to encourage him and be like it's here you go our rating off the chain Mm. and he's going to turn out some absolute trash uh whereas if he's a bit more considered about it we could end up with something really good yeah and you know fingers crossed it is that um i mean it could but... be you know they could get their deadpool which the the you know the deadpool they clearly wanted with the last film who knows uh we will see but that's uh so that's what's going on with the dc movies um a bit of marvel movie news um we're going to skip over a certain tweet that was made because we are covering Captain America the Winter Soldier um, on our next episode and we're going to have a little chat about that on that podcast. <laughs> a little chat and a little cry. <laughs> um, so instead we'll talk about um, a movie that is coming up post um, Infinity War 2 or Avengers 4 or whatever we are calling that movie. Um, did you see that the... the, the Mark Ruffalo had said the title on Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy for one of the Jimmies and they had to bleep it out. And I, I got the impression that it was a gag and that Ruffalo hadn't actually said oh, it. Oh, was, it was definitely a gag. Apparently the but, thing he said was The Last Avenger, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, that would be a cool title. Yeah, it would be a title. <laughs> don't call it Avengers Infinity. Or don't call it Avengers anything. Call it Captain America, The Last Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would be cool. Um, but yes, um, a movie coming after that is Black Panther 2 and something we all expected to happen, but there was a little bit of nervousness that it, that he wasn't locked in. Uh, Ryan Coogler has been confirmed to return as writer and director of Black Panther 2. Um, and as was kind of hinted straight after the release of that movie, um, it's going to be fit around Ryan Coogler's schedule. He's going to go off and make what he makes and he's going to come back and, um, yeah, write and direct the sequel, which has to be good news, James. I certainly am happy to hear it. Like, you know, I, as much as I love Infinity War, it's hard to forget that Black Panther was, you know, almost as good in its own way. <laughs> that, is, that is an interesting way to phrase it. I... <laughs> I mean, Black Panther for me is a better. It's a better movie. Well, that's the thing. Like Infinity War is a, a, I, you know, one day I've got a big article in me about how Infinity War is a movie unlike any other that has ever been made, and I love it on so many different levels. But also, because Black it, Panther is it's one of my favorite MCU movies. Like they're both top five for me. Infinity War is a is an event comic, and yeah, exactly. I think 
Black Panther is probably the closest you are going to get to like, like, I don't, I don't, a conventional blockbuster, you know? No, I no, no. I would actually say the furthest away from that. Like the closest okay. to like an an actual kind of like author's vision of a of a Marvel Cinematic Universe okay. movie. I yeah. don't, and I think that's slightly wanky and overegging it slightly, but. I mean, I would be stunned if Black Panther isn't nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars in a couple of in a few months' time. That's how that's how good and kind of culturally important the movie has been. I mean, I can I can see it. I can see it happening. I could even I could I, I could even see Kugler sneaking into the race for Best Director. Yeah, I can't see it winning. I can see it no. nominated. Yeah, but it just being nominated would be enormous because you've got to think like these the Marvel movies for all that like we like them and audiences like them, they don't have like a huge amount of critical respect. You've got you know, you've got filmmakers coming out all the time saying you know, being snobby about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like a Marvel movie is the go-to for a filmmaker who takes themselves seriously who thinks mm-hmm. they're ab- above blockbuster. Yeah, because because they are, I know you didn't like Ant Man, but they are they are movies that come out and they all hit a bare minimum of competence. And I think there are a lot of people who would rather see swings and misses from Marvel than just yeah three three star. Yeah, I mean for for all Marvels sort of. Uh, what do I say? <laughs> for for like for all Marvel's confidence, they are they do have the, give the impression certainly of being a bit of a sausage factory sometimes. And they're like, look, here's another three star, perfectly acceptable film. You kind of want them to crank out an absolute honker, don't you? Just <laughs> <laughs> just to prove it's not as polished as it is. But like you know, you have to respect this this sort of money printing machine they've created. Mm. Um, but yeah, I see what you mean in that. Black Panther of all of these movies, Black Panther's the one that you know, of all comic book movies, if we're being honest, Black Panther's the one that that could potentially break out into something more lofty. Yeah, well and I you know, it's just it's one of the few movies where any movie that manages to establish a world as quickly and as comprehensively as Black Panther does with Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And with the and with the idea of everything that goes around that, and and without really leaning on any of the setup from Civil War, it kind of it kind of does its own heavy lifting. Um, that has some of the you know the iconic visuals that that movie has. I, my issues with the movie were mostly around the action, and I don't want to blame Ryan Coogler too much for <laughs> the second unit dropping the ball. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Coogler returning to direct Black Panther 2 is fantastic news. I mean, it's a shame that Black Panther's dead, um, but I guess someone <laughs> someone else will have to step someone in. Someone else can be the Black Panther, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. It's weird how Tom Holland's just been hanging around the Spider-Man Far From Home set. Yeah. Like in, in the Spider-Man costume as well. Like It's it's, it's kind I'm, of embarrassing for him, really, yeah. isn't it? Because they're like, come, come on, buddy, on, move come on, on man. You, you're dead. It's fine. It's like, it's like when Andrew Garfield turned up to uh, Comic-Con in his homemade Spider-Man outfit. <laughs> Trying too hard, buddy. Yeah. Uh, um, we'll move on. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now to something that is not Marvel or DC, um, but is still a movie that it's glass. Hey, James, it's glass. 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 No, I'm from the north, so it's <laughs> I'm from the middle. <laughs> Wait, where 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 are you counting as the middle? Yeah, the Midlands. Wouldn't it, but are you counting Milton Keynes as the Midlands? <laughs> no, I live in Milton Keynes, but I'm from the Midlands. Okay, I'll let you off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um what what we're we talking about? Glass. 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 Um it's happening, and there is a new trailer. Did you watch the trailer, James? No. Okay. Do you want me to tell you about it? Please. Um, l- less impressive than the first one, I thought. Um, okay. The so the I I raved about the first trailer on this podcast. Um, was it seemed very um, tied up in the in the idea of um, comic books and the idea of heroes and villains and the idea of. Um, a culture that is now kind of more embedded in superheroes and their worth in society and the worth of those stories and and playing with those stories. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a bit more of a functional trailer, giving you a bit more of a hint of the plot um, and actually feels like it gives you a lot of the plot, um, at least in its broadest strokes. Um, So the three of them end up locked up together. Glass is the criminal mastermind who finds a way, and we actually see how he finds the way to free James McAvoy's character and to unleash the beast persona again. <laughs> um, and then Bruce Willis is negotiating, negotiating with Sarah Paulson, like saying, if they get out, you need to let me out too. And it seems like Glass is telling Beast what to do, and Bruce Willis goes out to stop him. Now I'm sure that they, it can still be doing interesting stuff like it hinted at in the first trailer. Yeah, I mean, as it, all of that's going on, but it it felt weird that this trailer gave away. I'm gonna trust because I and I never feel bad for spoiling anything that's literally in the trailer because that is what the sure, people yeah, that's, behind that's the, the movie want right? you to know going in. Um, and I can, but because you would have to assume if that is just the bare bones plot of this movie, then they haven't aimed very high. <laughs> 
Unless the interesting stuff is all of the stuff going on around it and the ideas that they're playing with. I mean, I I do think that while we like the sound of that first trailer, like the idea of exploring the, you know, the concept of the superhero. Yes. I can sort of understand making a trailer that is pitched entirely at people who just want to see a sort of vaguely supernatural thriller. Like the same people who saw Glass, basically. Mm. Uh, Split. Split, yes. I mean, they didn't even know it was vaguely supernatural. But, you know, the the people who, you know, the sort of... I don't want to use this term disparagingly, but, you know, the the date night general audience. Yeah, no, you know, it, we, we... I feel like we have this discussion a lot around trailers, which is, like, what makes a good trailer? And there are, there are two things in terms of what makes a good trailer. There are a trailer that makes the movie looks good. And mm-hmm. a trailer that makes the movie look like something that a lot of people will want to go watch. Yeah. And so that's a function of... <laughs> Which is why Valerian <laughs> did not get in the Hunters. Because <laughs> everyone um, watched those trailers and went, what? I kind of... I feel like this movie's going to do okay. It's I, I really don't see it, like, smashing what Split did. Because Split actually performed quite well just on, on its own merit. Mm-hmm. Uh, without without the twist about the the crossover being out there too much, yeah. and I just I don't see an Unbreakable sequel moving the needle that much at this point because no Bruce is Bruce Willis a big box office draw on his own Samuel L. Jackson M Night Shyamalan I mean and that, I, that's sort of enough I feel like I have family members who I could sell on oh yes Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson I think hmm. that alone might be enough. You know, I feel like I could st- I could sell that movie to people who weren't interested in Split or Unbreakable. I'm still not convinced how much Bruce Willis is in this movie. No, that's and I mean, and that's another thing. If because I, the, I did get a sense from the first trailer that Bruce Willis could potentially die quite early on, and if that's the case, then maybe what we're seeing in this trailer is a reveal of early movie stuff. Mm-hmm. I, given given what they were sort of doing with the first trailer it would not entirely surprise me if he dies at the start of this film and comes back at the end and there's a big hour and a half in the middle where he's not in it well it feels i think i i think that the escape is like end of first act mm-hmm. so i think i think at least bruce willis is in the first act and you know yeah i mean the it's, earliest he can enter is kind of just after that exit it, is just after that it is notable that the film is called glass Yes. Which suggests it's going to be about the the supervillain, and there's a potential story in like what if what if Lex Luthor did kill Superman? What next? You know that that might be the story of this movie. We don't know. I mean, and that's a movie that I would be interested in for sure. And I and I, and I am interested in this. I you know I've said before, I'm in the can for what Shyamalan wants to do. I was going to say you're you're a big fan of the Shyamalan Renaissance. Yeah, wow. That is a mouthful that I'm not going to accept. <laughs> <laughs> um, James, let's move on from that to the small screen. And we need to talk about the Arrowverse Elseworlds crossover. Ooh, we now know it's called Elseworlds. Ooh. And there are some, some well, there's, there's quite a lot of details that have come out about this. And it's funny, like... We don't talk about all superhero TV on this podcast because 
I mean, even like <laughs> stuff there's like there's so much of it. There's so much of it, and and like shows like I mean, a show like Krypton, we're not we're we're kind of out on pretty early. When it it doesn't look like a show that's going to be interesting to us, or even stuff like Runaways and The Gifted, and it's diff- It's difficult if you've never really hooked into a show. It's difficult to go, oh, they're casting this character on season two, unless it feels like a really big actor or a really big character who's entering the fray. Um, but everything the Arrowverse does, even if like it's been a year or so since I've watched an episode of any of those shows, I'm still kind of hooked in because I like I like their general approach to things. And I, f- I feel like even if I've fallen behind on it, this Elseworlds crossover is something that I'll watch even if I haven't caught up by then. I plan to hopefully have caught up by then, but if I haven't, I'll still watch this. Um, does Elseworlds have any appeal to you? We'll get into the details of it as we go. <laughs> but does what you've seen about Elseworlds so far sound like something that you would want to check in and watch? Three-part crossover between Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl. No. I just... Ah, oh, James. I'm, I'm just tired. Tired, but I can't, <laughs> like... When people say, oh, yeah, I can't just can't keep up with all these superhero comics, I'm just like, what are you talking about? But when people say, I can't keep up with all these superhero TV shows, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I just, I don't have the energy for it. Well, here here are the reasons to change your mind or to change the mind of uh, anyone out there who is similarly skeptical. Uh, the poster for this was revealed, and it is Barry Allen in a Green Arrow costume and... Um, <laughs> And Oliver Queen in the Flash costume. Oh, is that um, what's going on in that picture? <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a bit with a beardy Stephen Amell underneath the Flash's costume, which is <laughs> which is, it's really bizarre, right? Just visually. I mean, I had no clue what was going on. What did but... you think was that? Do you think they just given Flash a beard? Basically, <laughs> I thought it was like Spock's beard. <laughs> oh, well, that's for a different podcast. Um, <laughs> We'll save that for the Star Trek spinoff. Um, so that those two have cro- have, have switched roles. Um, there has also been an image of Tyler Hecklin's Superman wearing a black suit, um, and also the first picture of Ruby Rose in her Batwoman costume because this is the crossover that's going to introduce Batwoman as well. And so while we were speculating that Batwoman might be coming from Supergirl's world or the Flash Arrow world of those shows. Given this is Elseworlds, and, and last year they did what was it, Crisis on Earth X? Mm-hmm. Um, which was yeah, again, parallel universe with evil versions of those characters. Evil Nazi versions of those characters. It sounds like we're going to get another mixed up separate universe and maybe that's where Ruby Rose's Batwoman comes from. And James, if you were, were going to be introducing Batwoman, would you kind of try and introduce her from a a completely separate universe and just let her have her own context. It seems. Would I? No. Would I? No. Um, <laughs> you you wouldn't introduce her at all. I no. I can see the value in in creating a Batwoman who is completely distinct from and not derived in any way from Batman. At the same time, no one's fooling anyone. Like. You you can't pretend like oh yeah there's a character just independently decided to do the same thing as Batman because like no the, you, they they're gonna, you can they're, you can do that got... in the text of the show but the 
you know the no, but I think I think that I think the text of the show has to acknowledge the concept of Batman. Well, it doesn't have to. It, it could just be she decides to become a bat-themed superhero on her own time. I guess. But you're right. You're right. The the meta text of the show you 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 can't escape that. Yeah, um, and like the. I mean, the fact that this announced world suggests to me that it's not going to involve any actual crossover. It's just going to be a distinct story set in an alternate universe. Because that's what announced world is, right? It's not It's not like Supergirl crosses over into a strange universe where everything's different. It's like, here's a story where everything is different. Yeah, that, that's entirely possible. So, you've, so you, you would have a story that takes place in this other world that introduces Ruby Rose's Batwoman. And you would have to imagine... By the end of that, she ends up in one of the other universes. Yeah, or, or, ma- or maybe, or maybe certainly one next time, they, next time they want to use her, she falls out of a space hole, and there she is. Well, she's getting her own show the season after this. Uh, okay, well there you go then. Yeah, so and I, and I don't think you would set that show in a wor- in a weird world where Barry Allen is the is Arrow and <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I mean, who knows? These show that uh, for me, that's one of the joys of the Arrowverse shows is that they have not been afraid to embrace any and all comic book concepts. And sometimes it gets really silly, but sometimes it's it's just that right balance. Um, and yeah. and you know that they tend to get the, the the characters right. They tend to get their central characters right. Um, and you know, and and present relationships that you as an audience member can buy into in a way that and a lot of shows, and a lot of shows I would say probably pursuing the same kind of audience that the Flash and Arrow and Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow are going after. Those shows wouldn't normally work for me at all, but these shows do, and they are. I I would say after Daredevil, the shows that I am the superhero TV shows that I'm most interested. in. Unless I'm missing anything. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, and a last bit of TV news, James. Um, I think we can mention this for the last time on the podcast. Jack Bannon has been cast as Pennyworth, as Alf- as a young Alfred in Pennyworth. Great. So if you ever want to see the story of how Alfred's butler became a butler, they've got, what, like seven seasons lined up of that? It just feels like a fundamentally bad idea, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, mean not... I don't, I don't know, I don't know Jack Bannon. He's a very handsome, uh, I think, British actor. He was in um, Endeavor and uh, was in The Imitation Game. Uh, I'm sure he he could be fine, but I mean, after Gotham, who wants to watch Pennyworth? And it oh. sounds like it sounds like the version of the character they want to do in that show is is a is a kind of uh what's his face um from Gotham <laughs> Pertwee Sean Pertwee <laughs> it, it sounds like it's a young version of the Sean Pertwee style of Alfred as well like with a military background and yeah I, I just, guess, just what is I guess, this, what is the story here is he going to be working for Thomas Wayne is it going to be before that Thomas like, no Thomas Thomas Wayne has also been cast in the show so okay. yeah there will be there will be a, a young Thomas Wayne is he going to be like a secret Asian butler who goes off and breaks heads you know while he's on his off days I mean potentially I I mean James we don't care do we is it going to be like is it going to be like Buffy where 
they're going like it's your calling you have to become a butler like your father was a butler <laughs> their father his father was a butler and he's going to be like no fuck you dad i don't want to be a butler i'm going to be a secret agent here we go James. i'm going to solve crimes Alfred Pennyworth is a boyishly handsome, cheerful, charming, clever young man from London. They've almost run out of adjectives by the <laughs> Wait for it, though. He's Honest, open-faced, and witty. You'd never <laughs> take him for an SAS killer. He's an SAS killer. Alfred doesn't know Wait, how to is, reconcile. Does he, does he kill people in the SAS? Yes, okay. that's how it's going to work. Gotcha. Uh, Alfred doesn't know how to reconcile the kind-hearted boy he used to be with the cold, calculated killer he was forced to become. The, He's the a man Kate on Arranger the make that he has become. Who doesn't know what to make of himself yet. <laughs> uh, but Thomas Wayne is also in the series. So Thomas Wayne is a young, fresh-faced billionaire heading to the <laughs> east coast of the United States. Confident and extremely disciplined, this young aristocrat meets an unlikely business partner in, in Alfred Pennyworth. So it sounds like the show is going to take place after all of his SAS stuff, and it's going to be uh, so. Imagine what he's going to have like flashbacks, and he's going to be a bit a, a bit of an all action butler. And they're going to basically they're going to continually meet someone who might be the Joker. I mean, it's it, it, honestly, it sounds like Batman's Krypton. <sighs> Fucking hell! Um, it's just another show. I think that we can ignore. I'm game for it if you are. There's, there's there's so much TV and there's so little time. Um, it would take people saying this show is amazing for me to watch it. Even like you know, it's like it's like going for season two. You were not the only person who told me it told me actually it's quite good, and I just went yeah, but a quite good Iron Fist season two does not hit the minimum bar <laughs> of like the t- and I, and I still watch quite a lot of TV and movies, but like. I would rather watch a, just a, a like a movie that I think is probably not going to be good but interesting. Yeah, it's no, going to take I mean, me 90, 90 minutes to watch rather than investing 10, 12 hours of my time into a TV series that is, yeah, it's just not hitting that minimum bar of, of anticipation for me. Yeah, I mean, I am sort of the same with the later series of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, no matter how many times people go, actually, it really improved. I'm just like, yeah, but, you know, it's landfill television, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. it's just... And when you and when low, you've got low DC quality shows concepts and low quality up. quality actors hmm. doing you've stuff got, that is vaguely related to comics, like it's not pushing my buttons. Aside from all of the shows that are already on just within DC, you've obviously got all the DC universe stuff coming up. You've got, as we just mentioned, a Batwoman show that's gonna be premiering next year alongside <laughs> all of these other um CW superhero shows. I, am I am I gonna get to this? Like I I I'll be honest. Like Titans doesn't look good, but it's gonna be higher on my list of priorities than Pennyworth. Yep, for sure. I mean, the only TV comics TV that aside from Riverdale and Sabrina, both of which are fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> I've seen the first two episodes of Sabrina as well. Have I said that before? It's really no. good. It's great. <laughs> um, sorry, I don't mean to rub my preview access in people's faces, but it is really good. Last couple of episodes, it's been your social life. Now it's... Uh... <laughs> um, where was I going with that? Oh, the Marvel movie TV shows. Those I'm quite oh, into. Oh, God, yeah. Because, just because it's those actors and that mm. studio, how could you not care? But I almost... Do you know what? There's so many superhero TV shows on the horizon. I almost forgot about those. And then you look <laughs> at stuff like... You know, that we've seen stuff recently for Umbrella Academy, um, The Boys, mm-hmm. which we'll be talking about with Seb on the on the next main episode. Yeah. Um, Cloak and Dagger and Runaways, neither of which I've seen. 
Which I mean, Clone Wars and Runaways. Yeah, yeah, I want. I would like to watch both of those. But Legion. there are only so many hours. <laughs> I forgot even about. Le- I still haven't got around to Legion season two. The gifted like season get- two is a, was started already. I mean, the brain starts to melt, doesn't it, James? <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so well. At least, I mean, at least Iron Fist is gone, so we don't have to watch any more of that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we won't be watching Penny or Fever. Um, that's all the news for this week. Um, if if you're thinking there's anything we've missed, uh, we are recording our Winter Soldier episode real soon after this episode. So we've actually kept back a couple of pieces of news to talk about on there. Um, so, yeah. Don't worry if we've missed talking about the thing that you're really excited about, like a certain tweet from a certain Captain America. We'll get to it. Um <laughs> Uh, and that's that's all the that's all the news this week, James. Uh, we don't have Seb, so we can't do a pitch. I mean, do you want me to think one up now? Anyway? I mean, I could, I could just award you the win for turning up. Yeah. <laughs> nice. No, I mean, we'll still do the pitch eventually, and yeah. and Seb will listen to this and edit it and probably edit it out actually, um, as awarding this win to you. <laughs> but whenever there's whenever the pitches are made, you'll Seb's you'll not win. that petty. <laughs> when it comes to the pitch <laughs> <laughs> he definitely is <laughs> um yeah so no pitch this week um but yeah the next episode we're going to be back with captain america the winter soldier we've got a guest joining us um who um uh i have been trolling on this podcast uh for a long time <laughs> for the best basically, part of three years yeah basically every time you hear me um ragging on bucky on this podcast it's for her um so it will it will be uh very nice to have that guest with us for the next episode um which is captain america the winter soldier so i mean we've been looking forward to doing that film for a long long time um sadly i'm yeah. going to be off watching the cannibal club at the london film festival so i hope it's no. good Oh, social life again, James. You're rubbing everything in our faces today. (laughs) I'm very popular. (laughs) Uh, Too busy to talk Winter Soldier. It's outrageous. That's popular Um, and successful. That's what they call me. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, should be be a good discussion on Winter Soldier on our next episode. Uh, If you're enjoying the show, though, please do subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, uh, or all the other ones I've forgotten. Um, or your podcast app of choice and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cinematic universe you can find more episodes of the show at cinematicuniverse.com you can get in touch via Facebook on Twitter at cine underscore verse you can head to Redbubble to buy our t-shirts and merch which actually like quite a few people have been doing because Seb's designs are really good this time Um, I agree I will say that because he's not here they are really good Please check them out. Um, it, it might win him a future pitch because his <laughs> his his t-shirts were that good, um, and you know it keeps bringing in that. What is it? Not point not one percent cut you get from Redbubble. Mm-hmm. But you know we're just pleased that you guys are enjoying the t-shirts. Um, <laughs> or you can send us an email to editorial at cinematicuniverse.com. Thanks for listening, and Seb and myself and our very special guest, but not James, who is too busy being popular. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 